Hey everyone, welcome back. This is episode 11 and today I am interviewing Sandra of Lash411. If you aren't familiar, Lash411 is a lash information resource for lash artists of all different skill levels all over the world. It's kind of a little bit of everything from education to lifestyle and it's just a great way for our industry to stay connected and up to date with everything in the lash world. And today, Sandra will be on the show sharing her story about how she got started with Lash 411. And we will also be jumping into quite a few juicy topics. So I hope you guys enjoy this episode. And here we go. Okay, Sandra. So what were you doing before you became a lash artist? Ooh, um, I, oh, I was unemployed. <laughs> <laughs> um, probably for the... Mm, 11 months before I became a lash artist, I took my first course November 2013. Um, so the job that I had before that ended December 2012. So I was actually living in London. Um, I worked for a foreign exchange trading company. I worked in, I was an operations manager and customer service. And I did that job for about seven years. And um, that job took me to London because they were moving the, the business and I was sent over there to go hire and train a new staff. And that was actually where I had my first set of eyelash extensions. And so whenever you got them, you were like just hooked and you knew that's what you wanted to do? No, actually, <laughs> I was definitely hooked. Um, <laughs> I mean, the girl, she showed up, she came to my house. So I called the place and they were like, okay, we'll send somebody out. And I was like, oh, Okay. So the girl comes and, you know, she didn't have any equipment, no table, no kit, no. She just came with herself in her purse. And I was like, mm -hmm. I didn't even know what to expect. But she was like, OK, get on the couch. So I just got on the couch. So, again, no table, no lighting, no chair. Um, And she just did my lashes. And I woke up like two hours later and looked at myself and I was like, what kind of sorcery is this? <laughs> like, I was just amazed. And um then, you know, a year and a half goes by and I returned to the U.S. and I didn't have a job. And I knew that I did not want to work for somebody else. And I did have my cosmetology license. So my sister had actually asked me, I moved down to Atlanta because I was like, there's no way I can move back to New Jersey after living in London for two years. Mm -hmm. So I went down to Atlanta and my sister was like, can you find somebody here who, who does those lashes like you had them? And I was just like, do they even do this in the U.S.? Because I had never heard of it. And so now we are in um, probably July 2013. And um, I found a girl on Groupon and my sister and I start going to her and she's giving us classic lashes. And um, I noticed one day when I was leaving her, her shop or her room, uh, her license on the wall was from New Jersey. And I was like, oh, did you go to a beauty school in New Jersey? She's like, yeah, I went to Capri. And I was like, oh, my gosh, me too. And then I realized I recognized her. Mm -hmm. What was so weird is that it, this was 2013 and we were in beauty school together in like 06. Oh so that's like a whole seven years later that I happened to find this girl on Groupon in Atlanta and that we had both gone to beauty school together. So she had been sending out emails to her clients, letting them know that she offered eyelash extension training. And I was like, by this time, I was like, okay, my unemployment's going to start to run out. Mm -hmm. I need to figure out what I'm going to do for money. I was like, you have your cosmetology license. And I got the email about her doing trainings. And I'm like, and she's busy all the time. I was like, I could do that. I could do lashes. Of course, you know, being naive, like mm -hmm. most people are thinking that it's super easy to just do. Mm -hmm. And um, I registered for a class with Nova Lash. 
and quickly found out it wasn't as easy as I thought it was. Yeah, for <laughs> sure. So what other companies have you trained with besides Nova? Oh, as you say that, I'm turning around and looking at the wall. Let's mm-hmm. see. Nova Lash, My Brand Lashes, Stella Lash, and Lash Makers. Ooh, that one's a good one. I loved those. Yes. <laughs> so Lash 411 is is basically a tool for artists to learn basically anything and everything about all of the brands um, and all of like the latest stuff. What gave you that idea to start to start Lash 411? Well, ironically, it actually started, it was meant to start out as a website and not an Instagram. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember it was actually when I was getting ready to take my second volume course, which was with my brand lashes, probably about a month or two before I took that course, I was doing comparisons because I was trying to figure out, I knew I wanted to, you know, get more education, more training, but then I was like, but who, with who, who do you go with? So then I found myself just, you know, quickly, I put down five names, right? There was Lash Affair, My Brand Lashes, and like three others. And I'm like, okay. So then I found myself on my laptop, out on my balcony, and I'm, I pulled up each of their websites. So now I have five windows open. And now I'm trying to figure out the dates and when they're going to be on the East Coast. And I have a notebook and I'm trying to jot this down. And all I could think was, why isn't this easier? Like, why isn't there a website where you could just, I don't know, if all the trainings were listed and then it was a lot easier to filter and narrow mm-hmm. when a training was going to be available. And then it made me think even further to that. I was like, hmm, you know, I was in these Facebook groups and constantly the most frequently asked question every day would be, what's the best? And then it'd be followed by lashes, adhesive, brand, tweezers. Yeah. And it was like, you would see this question every day. And it came to the point where I started to realize there is no best. Like there really is no such thing Yeah. because we all have different preferences. So like I say this on my lives, but like I might like chocolate and you like vanilla, but mm-hmm. does that mean that chocolate's the best flavor? No. I mean, it's the best to me, but it's not the best to you. So, you know, there's that. And then I also realized that there wasn't like there was information out on the Internet, but it wasn't reliable. Like you didn't know, like some, if somebody told you, you know, a little something about a little tip about adhesives and it's like, well, put it in a in a rice jar. Well. Maybe you can do that with thicker adhesives, but you can't do that with thinner, quicker drying adhesives. Mm-hmm. So like, it's just those little things that just, there was a plethora of information out there. You didn't know what was good and what wasn't good. And overall, we also just didn't have our own, our own social network, if you will. We had Facebook groups, but I just wanted to see something for just us. Mm-hmm. So I spoke to somebody about building a website and they were like, well, you need to have traffic to even come to this website. So they told me you should just start an Instagram page first. And I remember I was so scared to do it, but I spoke to my brother about it and my brother is in the jujitsu world. So, and he's actually kind of like king of that world, if you will. He created a page that's almost like Lash 401 where it's for the jujitsu community. And he had like 60,000 followers and hundreds of likes. And I was like, bro, how do I do this? And he was like, well, think about what kind of content you want to serve your people. And so I just started thinking about what do lash artists want? Hello, I'm one too. Like, Mm -hmm. what do I want to see? And I just knew that I was, I had a lot of products. Like I buy a lot of shit. Oh, Mm -hmm. can I curse on this? Yeah. (laughs) Okay, cool. (laughs) But I buy a lot of shit. 
Like I remember showing up to a training and the girl next to me was like, wow, you have so much stuff. Mm-hmm. And I did because I just like to buy and try mm-hmm. and I would find certain things worked, certain things didn't work. So I was like, okay, I'm going to start shoot, shooting little short videos and put text in them just to quickly explain. So um, that's kind of how it started. I love that. And so how, how many years has this been going on? It's, I put out on Instagram starting uh, July, 2015. Okay, cool. So three years. Wow. What what do you think so far in your lash career has been your most rewarding moment? Every time what gets me is when I hear feedback from followers telling me how much the page has helped them. Yeah. Or they'll say, I learned so much from this page. I learned more than what I did in a training. Um, things like that. That really makes me happy. Mm-hmm. And so I know you do this at IBS um, in Vegas. You bring some of your followers around and kind of do tours, don't you? Yes. At the Las Vegas show last year, I did a little walking tour where I took a group of lash artists around to all the lash brands that were there. Um, Cause there was only about 26. So when you're dealing with two shows and thousands of booths, you know, it can be hard sometimes just to find what we're looking for. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I just took them directly to the booth so they can um, see who the people behind the products and actually learn a little bit about the product. Yeah. I love that. So you just secured a lease for a space for a salon. Walk me through that whole process because I've done it, but I know a lot of our listeners here haven't done something like that. So walk me through that. Sure. So I have been mobile. I have been in a hair salon. I have been out of my house. So it was time to have my own space. Let's see. I created Lash 401 while I was working in the salon and I was super busy all the time. And then I had to leave the salon because once I started doing volume, I started to notice how the color and ammonia was affecting my adhesives and retention. And I actually lost like half of my clientele. And I remember thinking, holy shit, you can't be lash 411 and you have poor retention. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It was was a very depressing thing, actually. Um, And so I moved home and you know how it is. Sometimes clients come and go. Mm -hmm. And Um, You know, you start to lose a few clients, but I couldn't replace them because I didn't want strangers coming to my house. Mm -hmm. So after about a year of working from home, I was like, "Mm, I want to start taking new clients. I want to start balance, having the balance again between Lash 401 and Eyelash Art, especially because Eyelash Art is paying for Lash 401. Yeah. So I, um, I was like, it's time to move out and find a space. So I got really lucky. I was looking all around town and there was one space that I really had my eye on, but they just wouldn't come down on the price and it was just too high for the area. So one day I happened to be like going down the street and I actually used to look at this building all the time and think, oh, I would love to put my business in there and called. And I was actually calling about the building next door and the landlord was like, well, this space is going to be available in two months. And I was like, sold. And Little did I know, though, all the hoops that one has to go through Mm -hmm. um, when it comes to state board, when it comes to town inspections, Mm -hmm. things like that. And then decorating, having a budget, you know, things like that, which it was definitely a great experience. And I was happy that I could share it with, you know, my followers as I was going through it. Yeah. Um, So is this going to be a space where you have a team or... 
I don't think so, Shelbs. I don't think so. I noticed about myself that um, like when I was working corporate, I didn't like having employees under me because we all have different work ethics. And I feel like if somebody doesn't work as hard as I do, then, and especially because this is my business, then I knew it wouldn't work out. So I wanted this space about 970 square feet. And I knew, okay, I need something that A, I can grow into, B, that I can service clients, um, teach, and eventually I want to offer retail for lash artists. Mm -hmm. So, um, which I would then work with different brands to offer their products here. But um, yeah, no, I think I'm just going to keep just me. I can manage me. Yeah, (laughs) for sure. No, having employees is one of the toughest things to to, to do as a business owner, just because it just gets a little, sometimes it just gets overwhelming. So I like that. Um, and I commend you though. <laughs> thank you. Certainly commend you. So how, how do you juggle all that goes into doing Lash 411 um, and then still having your clientele? You know, it's funny when I look back, when I started doing Lash 411 and I had a full book of clients, when I started doing Lash One, I like totally collected eyelash art. I think I completely stopped posting mm-hmm. on eyelash art's Instagram. And I was fine with all my clients. I don't need to work it, you know? Mm-hmm. But then I started to realize that I like had completely abandoned it. And when it was time to pick it back up again, I was like, ooh, like you really kind of let this go. Mm-hmm. So I find that when I'm not eyelash art, I'm lash 411. It's like 24 seven. I'm, I guess I'm always lash 411, yeah. but, um, uh, I started to like when I left the salon and went home, it was really convenient to adjust my hours to say, like, I would tell my clients, okay, I'm going to take care of you Wednesday through Saturday and Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, I'm fully dedicated to lash 411. Cause it took me like two months to even build the website. So any free time that I had, I was doing Lash 401. I was either editing videos, making videos. Even when I went on vacation, I like shot a few shots before I went and at the airport or while I was sitting in a suntan chair, I'm editing videos for Lash 411. So it's like I'm always Lash 401, I think. So as far as balancing it or juggling it, I don't know. It's like, like I said, when I'm not working on clients, it's all Lash 411. <laughs> I guess what's something that you wish that everyone knew about, like the behind the scenes part of everything that goes into it? Oh, okay. (laughs) Yeah. So this is one of the things that sometimes I have to check myself because I'm like, don't sound arrogant. Don't be an asshole. Don't um, like, I'm not, I don't want to push anybody away, but I'm a one woman show. Like it's only me. So Not only do I have to create the content, I have to write the content, I have to produce it, I have to edit it and then throw it up there. So, you know, sometimes people forget that I am only one person. And, you know, sometimes I get messages and they're like, hey, you guys. And I'm like, you guys, it's only me. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Or, you know, some people treat me like I'm a computer. Like, I don't even get a hello. And I'm just getting messages with questions Mm -hmm. and Sometimes they're saying things like, um, oh, I just took a training yesterday. And then they'll ask me a question. And I'm like, dude, you just took that training. Like, why aren't you contacting your trainer who you just paid? Because you're not paying me. And, and that's the other thing. I don't get paid 
mm-hmm. to be Lash 411. Right. Like, that website's free. The content that I put on the Instagram is free. Mm-hmm. So sometimes I get messages where people are expecting something from me. And it's like, bro, I don't know you anything. Mm-hmm. I, I do a lot as is to contribute to the community. So, you know, um, if you really want to support me and help me, then mentorship, yeah. pay me to help you, right. <laughs> you know, like, uh, cause next thing you know, one question turns into 10 questions and it's like, I'm sorry, but I'm not here twiddling my thumbs waiting for somebody to send me a message. You know, it was okay. Maybe when I had like, than 10,000 followers, but the damn thing done blew up. And mm-hmm. now there's like over 40,000. So with that means that, you know, people send me messages and they're like, well, you didn't answer my message. And I'm like, girl, that's because it got pushed down by all the random nothing. Yeah. Like people would reply to stories with just emojis, like, or mm-hmm. LOL. And it was like, well, that wasn't even a real message, but now I have 99 messages of nothing. Oh my you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, I don't know if people realize that with a high follower count comes a lot of messages, a lot of DMs. Like I posted the poll question the other day of, do you use DMs to conduct business? Because where I'm standing right now, it's don't send me a DM if you want to work together or if you want to collab or if you right. want, if you have a serious inquiry, because that's not the place to get your question answered. Cause guess what? There's like 50 other messages in there, either saying the same thing or saying nothing at all. That's right. like blocking your message. So send an email. Yeah. I don't know why people don't just hit the email button. <laughs> exactly. So when you were first starting out, um, lashing, there wasn't lash 411 or anything like it, obviously, but who were some of your mentors along the way? You know, it's funny because, Stephanie Altieri was my mentor, um, and she's somebody who sometimes I'm able to bounce things off of. I think it's more so my lash friends, mm-hmm. like Sujin Yang from Illumino Lashes. She and I have struck up a friendship. We met in Las Vegas about two years ago, and I would say that's like my little, little, but that's like my lash sister who I like to bounce ideas off with her and Sometimes we talk through certain things. So I feel like my lash friends versus the lash mentor, mm-hmm. I would say that more so sounds about right. Just talking it through with my friends. Right. Yeah, it's super important because sometimes like I'll even try to talk to like my best friends who aren't lash artists or my family members mm-hmm. about something lash related or business related. And then they'll like give me feedback. And I'm like, you literally have no idea what I'm even talking about. So there's no point. But yeah, so it's so important to have like connections in this industry and friendships, really. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. So you're a part of a great clique. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like Crystal and them. Yeah, I love them. They're awesome. No, but that's a great thing to see, though. Mm-hmm. When I see pictures of all of you together, you guys represent something that people don't normally see yeah. because you each represent different brands at that. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's actually great to see you guys have this beautiful friendship. Mm-hmm. And it's you, you actually have to put a lot of trust into people that you share, like um, like that you're in the same industry with, because if you have ideas and you're bouncing ideas off of each other, you have to trust that they're not going to take your ideas which that's happened oh, to, yeah, that's happened to me. It's happened to um, a few of my friends in the industry. And it's just, 
it's sad, but you know, you do find those people that you can connect with really well and that you can trust, which is good. And do you want to hear something funny too, Shelby? Yeah. Me and Sujin, we, 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 be, we both signed an NDA. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so we both gave each other an NDA because we were such geeks. You know yeah. what I mean? We we're such lash geeks that we wanted to talk to each other about our ideas. So we were like, all right, you sign it and I'll sign it. And it's mutually confidential. Yeah. So like sometimes if we're having a conversation, we'll just say NDA and then we'll <laughs> spill it. Like, <laughs> <laughs> no, I love but that. It, because it's not personal. It's business, you yeah. know, for sure. No, I love that. That's a, that's a good idea. Actually. What are some of your favorite products? So, you know how, um, boys play fantasy football and they'll pick different players yes to create from a team different teams to create their own team yes. so I like to think that I've created my own lash stash if, <laughs> if you will of different products from different brands that just make up my stash if I come over here and take a look mm-hmm. <laughs> so as far as like a cleanser and makeup remover that I like to use to quickly prep clients before I start working with them. I like to use Bella Lash with makeup remover. Mm-hmm. And I like to use that because you don't have to rinse it off oh. either. And it's very gentle. I've used it on myself with my eyes open and not burned and run screaming. Um, let's see. So that's cleanser. Now for flock tips and lash wands and lint-free pads, I love cosmetics mm-hmm. because you can buy them in bulk and it's super cheap. Yeah. Um, for iPads, I love EBL's Link Me Pink iPad. Um, use code LASH411. <laughs> for, um, let me see, I'm looking at everything I have here. Um, nebulizer I have, excuse me, from Bella Lash. Um, I Adhesives right now, I am between, I like to go back and forth between three different adhesives. Mm-hmm. And I use these three because they've worked for me. So I've used Lily Clear. From Illumino Lashes, Lash Makers Instant Bond Adhesive, mm-hmm. and Bella Lashes Diamond Adhesive. I like all three of those. Okay. Um, let's see, what else do I have? I have a mask from the Lash Exchange. I love this fog mask. Super comfortable. Mm-hmm. For palettes, I like to use Lash Wrap Squares. Mm-hmm. For lashes, ooh, we've got a, a whole lot in here, a whole <laughs> lot of different brands. Um I really am partial to like the L curl, L plus curl. So I have about five to six different brands of different kinds of L curl. It's amazing. L curl is like its own island, if you will, that has so many different variations of it. So can you recommend a brand of L's that don't have a super long foot? Yes. So um, Stella Lashes L curl, it actually has no bend in it really it's a very soft curve Mm -hmm. um whereas most l curl you can see that line where it starts you know what i mean that yes yeah that crease Mm -hmm. part if you will so stella lash their l curl does not have that and it's just a very nice bend if you will it's very soft bend Mm -hmm. and that was actually the first l curl i've ever used and i actually love that one I just restocked myself with those too. Nice. But yes, Stella Lash L Curl, it's available at the Lash Shop. Their Instagram is at the underscore lash underscore shop. And that's actually Stephanie Altieri's brand. Mm-hmm. They use code LASHBAR1 for free shipping. <laughs> <laughs> well, I saw there somebody, I'm not sure who posted this, but 
like if you say you ran out of a size, you can take the size um, long, the si- like the size above it and use an X-Acto knife um, on the sticky strip and kind of like take off some of the foot. And so I was thinking, you know, because the L curls that I've worked with, I don't like because they it's like the foot is so long. But I was thinking I can kind of just do that trick with the X-Acto knife and cut off half of the foot. So it's like a tiny little connection like zone on the lash and it goes straight up versus going out so far before going up. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I do. I do. I actually think then you should really try these, the Stella lash. I'm going to see if I have an extra to send you. I'm going to send you, I'm going to send you each like a length of each strip. So I'm just going to, you know, I'm going to take a seven, an eight, a nine, a 10, 11. I'm going to go seven through 13 and I'm just going to send you one for you to try. Love it. Thank you. (laughs) Yeah. Cause I feel like, finding a brand that already has it like figured out versus trying to use that knife is probably a lot easier. (laughs) Um, Of course. Of course. You know what? I always think that too, sometimes when I'm working and I'm like trying different brands or I just happen to have a different brand on my palette. And I'm like, you know, I realized that a lot of brands started because somebody thought to themselves, Oh, um, I want some lashes that work this way or, you know, I want them to work that way. And then what you end up getting is a bunch of brands that have one thing to offer, but not everything all in one, Mm -hmm. you know? Right. And so I like that brands are starting to get closer and closer to like making it just right. But, and what's crazy is I think I know exactly what they all need to do. All they have to do is ask me. (laughs) (laughs) I'd be happy to tell them. (laughs) Because just because I had so many, I had, I had students here two weeks, three weeks ago for the first volume class here in the space. And I put a strip of each brand on a piece of paper until they had maybe about 12 brands on a piece of paper for them to tell the difference between the strips, Mm -hmm. the lashes, how it feels. And they were like, wow, they're all different. Mm -hmm. and then they could find where some of them were the same Mm -hmm. so yeah I love that yeah Um, oh and speaking of L curl um I'm doing workshops specifically for L curl because I know that a lot of people are intimidated by them or they don't know how to use them properly or they are only used to seeing maybe you know the original L curl which is a very jagged and pointy and versus a soft L curl like an L plus Mm -hmm. So I want to kind of just bring more awareness to the L curl because it can be your best friend. Yeah, that's awesome. Do you travel to teach too or do you just, are you just going to be teaching out of your space? So last year I did the traveling where I went around to a few different cities Mm -hmm. and this year I'm teaching out of my space, but I think I'm going to bring back um, the private me to you classes. So last year um, I would come to you. So I had a student in like Virginia, for example, I flew out in the morning. Um, I was with her from like 11 to seven and then I flew out that night. So the advantage to that was that she got to learn in her own environment. And one of the biggest problems that I'm pretty sure lots of students have is when you're training and you're trying to focus on what you just learned, you need to be comfortable. Mm -hmm. And the worst part about training is you're sitting in a chair that isn't your chair. You're using a table that may be not high enough or comfortable enough and you're all uncomfortable and everything you just learned, it doesn't even matter because you're so uncomfortable. So So me being able to go to your space gives me a chance to a see your environment, 
um, watch you work in your environment to be able to make suggestions. Like, for example, some people don't even have hygrometers to know, you know, whether or not they're using their adhesive in the proper environment or, you know, just to be able to help you in your own space or make suggestions. Like, for example, go in your area and look around like where you could go network, things like that. There's definitely a lot of value in that. Um, so, yeah, I think I'm going to bring back those kinds of trainings. But for now, I'm doing it out of here. And I realized from the last training, I like to keep it really small. Mm-hmm. If I can keep it to like, I was going to do four people, but I think I want to keep it to two. Wow. I, I, I prefer to be a lot more hands-on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you get a lot more out of a class if it's like a private or, maybe, yeah, I guess just like one other person is 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 fine. But when you're when you're in those classes that there's like 10 15 people it's uh you don't get that's insane yeah i mean unless yeah. though it's it's like an advanced training that's kind of different if it's like when you already new, know kind of what you're doing yeah going back to your favorite products what about tweezers ah uh, so i have team and i'm actually going to be putting up this post either tonight or tomorrow but so isolating tweezer, hands down, it's always going to be the Dumont SS45. Mm-hmm. That 45 degree angle tweezer, to me, that is my best. Um, I prefer that over a curved or a straight tweezer because that 45 degree angle lets you get a lot closer to the lash line. And the Dumont version, the point, it's super pointy. Like I actually poked myself and almost draw, like drew blood. Oh my gosh. So it's a lot sharper. For pickup tweezers, uh, for volume pickup right now, I am absolutely positively in love with Wink Lash Products Volume Tweezer. Megan sent her tweezer over for the volume class. It didn't make it in time. And somehow two of my tweezers like got up and ran away. One of them was Lash Makers 112 and I almost died. Um. Don't know what happened to it. I know. And that was like my favorite. And then the other one was the Stella Lash volume tweezer. And I don't know what happened to that either. So um, I pulled out Megan's and I was like, where have you been all my life? So I feel like my work has come out so much better using that tweezer. So it's, it's, I love it. So it's the Wink Curved L volume tweezer. And one thing to know, everybody who's listening is All curved L tweezers are not the same. Mm. So just because one brand has it does not mean every other brand's curved L is the same exact tweezer. It might have different tension. Mm. It may um, have a a gap when you close it. Like they're not all the same. But this Wink Lash Products Curved L, I actually just wrote a review up on the website too. It closes um, from heel to toe and it's like the sweet spot is everywhere. I love it. Um, For classic pickup, I've actually been using my brand lashes, Olivia Silver Hook tweezer. Um, That's actually also great for fanning. And this happens to be a tweezer that I've had since 2015 that I never used it. And a month ago, I was like, oh, let's use you now. (laughs) So it's like you have tweezers that, you know, collect dust. It's always important. Bring them out. Like a year later, you'll be surprised that Maybe you weren't ready to or able to use them a year ago, but now you have more experience and now it might work better for you. So don't ever throw your tweezers away unless they're really completely shit. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I I agree. (laughs) It's like Christmas all over again. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. I bet your stash is like to die for. I want to go see that one day. 
You would be surprised, darling. I have lots. Oh, and the last tweezers, so I use four tweezers, I guess, in total. So the last tweezer I like to use because, you know, you can't use a curved L thick tweezer to like remove extensions yeah. or, I mean, I guess you could, but I don't. So I like, it's a tweezer from the Lash Exchange. You can also use code LASH411. It's like a shameless plug when I say that. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, it's, a, it's a, a tweezer from the Lash Exchange. And when I took a look last night, she unfortunately doesn't carry them anymore. But it's like a standard J curve okay. kind of tweezer. Mm-hmm. I think that some people might use for volume or classic, but I like to use that to manually remove um, the lashes. And when I'm doing separation to make nobody, make sure nobody steps together. Yeah. Okay. So what do you feel, what do you feel like makes your work unique or, or I guess just what are you most proud of? Like whenever you produce a set? Mm. Um, lately I've been most proud of kind of nailing their look the first time. Like if I choose the right curl and the right style for them, Mm -hmm. and I'm really proud of my hybrid sets right now. Hybrid hybrid is the new trend. I think you can tell like that is, that's kind of where we're all going. So yeah, I love the girl that I did yesterday that I posted. I love it. Nice. So what, what kind of things do you do whenever you're deciding what curl to use? Like what questions are you asking your clients? First I ask them, well, what do you want to look like? Mm-hmm. And then they'll give me the whole spiel of, oh, I want it to look natural. Or I want to, I mostly want length. And well, I just want, I don't want to have to wear mascara or eyeliner. And it's like, okay. And for the most part, depending on, I have them fill out a client profile form to ask them what kind of woman do they think they are. And I have four different categories. Like, are you a woman on the go? And then it has a description. Or are you like a natural glam? Or are you, um, is this just for a special event? So that helps me to figure out, you know, is this a one-time thing? Or are you trying to look dramatic all the time? So nonetheless, every time though, I always tell a new client, um, the great thing about eyelash extensions, well, the great and the bad thing about them is that they're not permanent. Mm-hmm. which means that if we don't nail your look the first time, it's okay. Just come back and communicate with me what you liked and what you didn't like. And then I will let you know if we can start to work towards that. Cause you know, sometimes people have unrealistic expectations and it's like, sorry girl, but I can't do that because your natural lashes won't let me. Right. So for example, I actually had a client today. She came in three weeks ago for a classic full set. And she said she wanted to look natural. But I chose the wrong L curl and it did absolutely nothing for her. She had very straight, almost downward facing lashes and very fine as well. So a classic set, you know, minimum just to do a 0.10 or a 0.12, it still might have been a little too heavy. But yeah, the curl did nothing to the point like I texted her a day later and I was like, hey, um, I'm looking at this picture of your lashes and I know I can do better. Let me know if you can come back in so I can fix it. And little did I know she had gone away to Italy for like two weeks. Oh, my God. And when she came back, she was like, I'm so sorry, you know, for the late response. But thank you. I'm going to be booking my appointment anyway. And I was like, "Okay, so you are going to give me another shot, even though I didn't nail your look. So she came in today and we nailed it and I was so happy. We put volume in there and that made all the difference. Volume and changing the curl took her from an L to an L plus, but I used the brand of L plus. I actually used the lash boxes Mm -hmm. and their L plus is like super curly. Nice. Cool. Yeah. That's always a good feeling when 
they return even if it wasn't like your best work they give you another chance usually because they know like you're really educated or care about your work we've seen that exactly a lot. yeah that's awesome um exactly did i answer that question right though did yeah. i answer it fully yeah okay I feel like this is my favorite question to ask um what is something that you find is controversial in the industry that you can speak on mm. <laughs> Something that's controversial in the industry. Okay, well, I mean, the first thing that comes to mind is just when people say lash artists don't want to give up information. Mm-hmm. So, but I guess I don't know. Is that controversial? Well, what do you mean? <laughs> well, by you know, that? some people. Well, you know, some people get really mad. They'll say things like, "Lash artist, I asked a lash artist a question and she didn't answer me," or like, like they just try to say that we don't try to help each other if you will mm-hmm. and it's kind of like well girl um she paid for that education yeah <laughs> so it's like maybe she can answer one question but she's not about to teach you the whole damn thing in a in an exchange of messages and right. or you can't expect her to try and teach you something when you're not paying her and she paid for it Right. So I don't know necessarily that's a controversial thing, but that's something that people need to start checking themselves on mm-hmm. because nobody is obligated to do anything. Yeah, I agree. Pay them. True. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, let's see something else that may be controversial. Well, you tell me, Shelby, give me an example of something and I'll tell you if I can mm-hmm. speak on it. What's controversial in the industry? So a few things that we've already talked about on the show, like, mega volume for example like some people say it should be symmetrical while i and i agree um and then other people just pick up clumps of lashes and throw it on a lash oh gosh girl (laughs) they do that with regular volume too yeah yeah people who are listening um it's not volume if you don't make it into a fan first off Mm -hmm. it's not volume if you just pick up a chunk of lashes and stick it on um and on the other hand just a quick tip, if you ever run out of classic lashes and you happen to have some volume lashes of the same brand and or curl, you can use those volume lashes and apply them like classic. Yeah, we do. It actually comes out softer and a lightweight look. And they last um, longer. Exactly, right? Um, of which I'm actually thinking I might just make that my thing. Like. Yeah. I'm not just not order classic lashes anymore and just call it a day. Yeah, because um, we, you know, if there's a if there's a person that wants to pay for classic or they like the look of classic, but they don't have good retention um, for whatever reason, we'll sometimes double up um, some point one zeros or volume. Something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good one. Yeah. Um, let's see. But as far as mega volume goes, you know, I actually heard somewhere that. In Europe, they don't fill mega volume. They make the customer take them all off, and then they start with full sets all over again. I, well, volume in general used to be like that. Like, people used to do that. Um, Like, when volume first came out, they used to not Mm -hmm. do fills. Yeah. Interesting. Mm -hmm. I don't know if I agree I can't imagine, though, here. I can't imagine here, though, you tell a customer that and that they have to pay a full every time well I don't know how well that would go over I you know I think that as long as your client is coming back regularly um and you know like their growth cycle I feel like you can always do fills 
But if you, sure. if, if they go like four weeks um, in between, then obviously, yeah, like they're all going to be grown out. So I agree somewhat, but I just tell my clients like, you should probably be coming in every two, maybe two and a half or three weeks just because of how much growth is happening in all of that time. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily because they're falling off or something, but yeah. Yeah. I had a client who just within one week, she had what looked like three weeks of growth. And I was like, what are you doing? That's crazy. She yeah. just works out every day. And I'm like, I know that, you know, kids who are active outside, you know, the blood's pumping, it's circulating and then things are growing. But I was surprised. Yeah, that's crazy. So what else is controversial out there? Here's something that I think is controversial. I disagree with sometimes brands trying to sell the whole be your own boss thing because that's not Mm -hmm. that doesn't have that doesn't mean you're successful just because you're your own boss Um, you can be a part of a team a really strong one and that's pretty awesome too like I hate that I don't know it kind of bothers me because because I'm a boss I have employees and it's like I don't want my girls to feel like they're not successful or like I don't know you know what I'm saying yeah, but I think I agree with you, though. I think what's important to remember, so for when I was working at the hair salon, just a quick example, I remember that the owner used to have meetings with the stylist, and um, he invited me to one of these meetings and asked me to speak to them. And I'm like, huh? Speak to them? But he's like, about hustle. And I'm like, oh, okay. So I just looked at all of them, and I said, look, I realize that you sit at this chair, and you get however much commission I said but that chair is your business Mm -hmm. like that's yours so yes people walk into this building and it has a different name on it but once they sit in your chair that's yours yeah so it's up to you on whether or not that person's going to come back to you you know with regards to how you treat them and you know that again it's your business so even if they work in a team if they work under you and they're pink ladies like Every time a client comes to their room or their table, that's their time that it's their business. Otherwise, right. that client might go to a different girl. Right. So, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, and now that's money out of her pocket. So, um, we're all bosses, I guess, in that, right? But yeah. I don't, I don't like, I don't like that either. I have seen on, for example, like gossip blogs where gossip blogs will repost either lash extension training or microblading training saying, oh, you could be, you know, your own boss and make six figures and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, come on, guys, realistically, you're not going to be making six figures for the first year. Mm-hmm. Definitely not within, not with, you know, definitely not within the month after taking a training right. or when they don't say that, you know, there's requirements, for example, um, being a licensed cosmetologist or esthetician. I know that's a controversial thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and it all depends on the state. So, yeah, and it's like each state has a rule. I get why some of the brands like try to sell that because I see it on on Instagram or Facebook. And it's like if you do this many clients a day, this is how much you're going to make. And it's like you're not factoring in any of the expenses or anything. And the whole reason they're doing that is because they're going to sell more product if they have more people that essentially are ordering. So they want to promote like everyone go off on your own and buy our product and take our classes and stuff. So I get, I get it, but it's like 
also misleading because some people just get slapped in the face with reality. They leave the salon that they were working for and they're like, wait, I'm not making any more money than I was working for someone else. And yet I have like twice. And that's the thing. It's not for everybody. Not everybody's a boss. Mm-mm. Not everybody is, is a, let me put it this way. Not everybody's a leader. Yeah. <laughs> Some folks are followers and that's okay. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That's okay. Know your strengths and weaknesses. And if you're not the kind of person who you think could hold down, like to be me working by myself, I have to wear all the hats. Yep. I have to do the accounting. I have to do the marketing. I have to do the social media. I have to do the sales. I have to do the website. I have to do everything. Mm-hmm. But I, and if I had an employee, you know, I'm going to use their strengths and whatever they're great at and use them accordingly. But it, yeah. it's some folks aren't uh, equipped, I guess, or business savvy to just be the boss. And that's okay. Yeah. Some folks are just better off to be artists. Like you just want to do the art and that's cool too, because I wish I could just do the art Mm -hmm. and not worry about anything else. Right. And I feel like it's important to know that you yourself define what success is. Like, don't think that just because you're not working for yourself makes you any less successful because success to me is it used to be like, oh, I have to open a salon. Oh, I have to, you know, open another salon. And so I figured out after the second salon that I opened, like, wait a second, this is not the key to happiness. Like this is, I don't Mm -hmm. feel successful because I'm freaking a nutcase every night and I have no time to myself. And so success to me is like when I have a family and kids and I'm a wife, like that's success to me and I'm not there yet. So it's, it's important to know, like to to just, I guess, enjoy even the process. If you're going to own something one day, like, great, like, go for it. But don't be so in a rush to get there that you're stressed out all the time or don't feel fulfilled. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. You know what else I noticed, too? And I don't know if this is a controversial thing, but folks who will say, well, I didn't learn that in my training Mm. or "Um, she didn't teach me that. Well, here's the thing. You're not only going to take one training. You're right. And I think that's some that's something that newer folks who jump into our industry or who think that they're, you know, oh, I could do that class and be lashing. Mm-hmm. No, it's not one and done. It's one and keep going. Like you're going to take more than one class. And, you know, your teacher cannot teach you everything in a two day class. Exactly. Because you're not, you're going to come across things like she's going to even if she did teach you it, you're not going to know what she's talking about until it happens. And by the time it happens, you will have forgotten that she even told you about it because yes. it wasn't relevant to you at the time. Yes. So like things like that too, or, you know, when they say, oh, she didn't teach me that. It's like, well, girl, you can't learn everything yeah. in two days. Exactly. Like there's like, even, if you, especially if you're a beginner. Mm-hmm. Like in some of my classes, um, like on the second day, I'll be like, remember when we talked about this yesterday? And some people will just have a blank stare and it's like, well, you know, sometimes with all of this information, it's, it's hard for the brain to soak it all in. Like that's actually, absolutely. you know, scientifically you can only absorb 20% or whatever yes. number it is of what's going on. So and you forget 70% of it after you've left. Yeah. If you didn't actually apply it. Yes. Yeah. That is so exactly true. It's and it, yeah. So I guess, especially when you're learning something new, it, it's also a skill for the trainer. Like maybe the trainer knows like only you can handle 
this amount of information in your first volume class. So I'm just going to teach you the very basics and give you the greatest foundation you can have. And then maybe you're going to take an advanced volume later, maybe with me, maybe with someone else. But that doesn't make your first trainer like less of a trainer than maybe your advanced one, just because you weren't there yet to be ready to receive that information. Exactly. Like trying to teach somebody like styling, mm-hmm. unfortunately, that's not something that you're going to learn usually in a beginner classic or a beginner volume class because right. they're more focused on teaching you the application and how to actually, you know, pick up a lash or make a fan and then pick it up off the strip and then place it or dip it into glue. You know, it's, it's mm-hmm. those mechanical movements that we're trying to focus on to make you successful in those beginner classes. So I always put in my... um and my manual is like, this is just a beginner class. This is not going to cover everything that you need to know, but it will be the basics to get mm-hmm. you started. Yeah, love it. So what does a typical day look like for you? Depending on the day, I'll wake up my Instagram, which is such, so sad. It is so sad. <laughs> You know, I try to wake up and the first thing I try to do is say, thank you, God, for waking me up today. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, Then I'll check the Instagram. There have been times where I've actually had to tell myself not to check the Instagram in the morning because Mm -hmm. someone will have sent me a message and it will somehow piss me (laughs) off (laughs) if it's something ignorant. Mm -hmm. Um, So actually, I've tried not to do that. But um, and then I just go throughout my day. Sometimes I'm like... um, quickly just scroll through my feed, maybe look at tag posts or certain hashtag. And then when I come into work on my clients, it's usually while I'm working on my clients that I'm thinking about the content for Lash 401. And that's why it's kind of random. That's yeah. why it's, it's not like I do like a themed thing where I'll just do a whole bunch of posts just on one theme. It's whatever I happen to think of while I'm working. And I'm like, hmm, I wonder if they know about this or hmm, I wonder if they know what this looks like. Like I happened to, I was shooting those videos for my student um, with fanning and adhesives. And that's when I happened to catch on film that air bubble. Oh, yeah. So I was like, oh, we're going to turn this into a video. So, you know, that's, that's just kind of how those things happen. And then um, I go home. <laughs> I go home. I sit in front of the television with my laptop and I'm working on more lash for one on stuff or working on eyelash art stuff. So. Always I kind of have no life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have no life. Do you have any um, like hobbies outside of the industry? Oh my gosh, I guess not. <laughs> <laughs> I guess not. So I used to write songs. I used to be a songwriter in my, oh my 20s. Gosh. So that used to be, um, that definitely was where my heart used to be. Mm-hmm. But I feel like, yeah, now it's either just creating content or building sites and working on a website um, for a lash artist. So yeah, no, I guess I don't have any hobbies. Spending time with my family, my mom, mm-hmm. she's my best friend. Aww. Yeah. I'm sad. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's sad. No, actually this industry is so fulfilling that it, it, I don't know. I feel like you can fulfill so many parts of your life just through this industry. So it's not bad. It really is, though, isn't it? Because yeah. just the other day, after I knocked out an awesome set, I was going home, and I was like, I really fucking love what I do. <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm lucky that I get to do what I do. So much so, I went and posted it on Facebook, and I never go on Facebook. Mm-hmm. But, like, I just had to let everybody know I'm so fucking lucky. And sometimes I pinch myself because it's crazy to me that I get to use all the skills and experience 
that I've like attained over the years in other jobs and able to apply it to this because Mm -hmm. when I became a lash artist, like I had a five-year plan and my five-year plan was supposed to be um, that I was going to open a store and have employees. And then I was going to open a bunch of eyelash arts around New Jersey, kind of like a franchise thing. Yeah. And lash 411 wasn't even a thought. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden that happened. And then I just remember my clients, I would tell my clients about it and they'd be like, yeah, 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 whatever. And then like Mm -hmm. I made it and it started to blow up and they were like, holy shit, you, you did it. Mm -hmm. You said you were going to do it and you did it. And that's one of the things that kind of fulfills me too, is that my clients who have been with me since day one have seen me grow and have seen, you know, me just excel and do what I said I was going to do. And they're so proud. Like yeah. when they come with the ones who have come into to my new space, they, they make me cry because mm-hmm. they're so proud of me. And I'm like, wow, I didn't realize that I was having such an impact. It's like, they're excited to come and ask me what's new. Yeah. Like, what are you doing now? What are you going to be doing next? What else? Like, they're really happy for me. And mm-hmm. that that's really fulfilling too. Yeah, definitely. Um, what... <laughs> what, you, what did you want to be whenever you were a little girl? Like, what did you want to be when you grew up? A teacher. Only because I wanted okay. to wear cute teacher outfits. <laughs> like, you know, like a plaid skirt kind of thing. As mm-hmm. if I was, like, in private school or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, you you are a teacher. So that's cool. True. Yeah. I, <laughs> that is true. That's that is true. true. There was teacher and then there was fashion designer. So then I went to the Fashion Institute of Technology in New York for, like, a year. And that's probably where I was able to, that having that experience probably helped me with creating the lash life flag and stuff. Yeah. I don't know if you got a chance to see the leggings. So like it two did. years ago. Yeah. Yeah. So leggings and hats and things like that, that I did through Zazzle. But I was like, I noticed that uh, lash artists love flag. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We all love to see everyday things that might have a lash on them. So I was like, oh, oh yes. let's make some stuff. Mm-hmm. So I think that helped with that. Um, but yeah, then I realized, I was like, what are the odds of me really becoming a fashion designer? <laughs> so I let that go. Um, but yeah, a songwriter, fashion designer, a teacher, those are the kinds of things. Anything creative mm-hmm. I'd want to be in. Do you listen to any podcasts or do you like to read? Hmm. Gosh, that's going to make me sound so unintelligent. I guess. I, no. <laughs> I probably don't read enough. I think I probably, I, the most, oh gosh, it's going to sound so horrible, Shelby. I'm probably, the most reading I do is on damn Instagram. <laughs> oh my goodness. No, that's I a- mean, I caught, yeah, Eyelash Magazine, sure. Um, mm-hmm. Let's see. I got to listen to your podcast. I heard um, Kim Jane's podcast, which was awesome. I did not know that she was, slinging lash trays out of the trunk of her car. Yeah, isn't that crazy? Um, yeah, so I'm looking forward to hearing uh, Lena's and, and the others. Yeah. Um, but I'm really actually proud of you for coming out with the, the podcast. This is really awesome. Thank we you. We need this. Yeah, no, I've had so much fun doing it. I, I love it. It's awesome. Okay, so last question that I have for you is mm-hmm. what is your motto? Or, or just like words that you live by? The first thing that came to mind whenever I'm on live is 
search Lash 411. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I feel like I have to repeat that over mm-hmm. and over. Search Lash 411. Click the link in my bio. Search Lash 411. That's my motto. Click yeah. the link in my bio and search Lash 411. If you're looking for something, just yeah. do that and type the keyword in. Like You could type in adhesive, adhesive storage and find posts on that. Yeah. So it's kind of like Lash Google. But um, one thing I do want folks to remember is if I help you, then help someone else. That's a good one. Pay it forward. Yeah, that's a good just one. pay it forward. Yeah. And just, you know, I'm trying to, um, how do I put it? Um, demonstrate to others how we should treat each other as well. There shouldn't be hate. There's plenty of eyes to go around. Um, mm-hmm. It shouldn't really be competition. It's community. Um, I love that. Uh, always make sure you credit somebody if you got something from them. Like I make it a point to always say if I repost either somebody's work or uh, if they, you know, create an educational post, I always make sure I give credit to them yes. because that's important. Um, and that's just me trying to show others an example of, well, this is how you should do it. You should give them credit. Yes, Um, even, sorry to interrupt, but that is something that, again, like with the controversy, I see so much, like almost word for word posts of some artists saying, like, I don't know, they're almost like giving an educational post on Instagram, for example, and it's literally almost word for word what I've seen on someone else's page. And I'm like, you didn't even like tag her or say like she even inspired you to say this, like. I don't know. Stuff like that bothers me. You know, it's funny. I scrolling through my feed and somebody had posted their cancellation policy. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I wrote that. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) I was like, hold up. And I was sitting at my front desk and I looked up at my cancellation policy and I looked back at the feed and I was like, I fucking wrote that. Wow. So, yeah, that's happened Folks to me. Folks have gone to my website and taken all of my policies and all they did yeah. was change their business name. And at first I was like, yo, dude, what the fuck? And then I was just like, girl, it just comes with the territory. Yeah. It's going to happen. And you know what? If they didn't go get it themselves, I would have been like, yo, go there and go get it. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Oh, well. <laughs> well, and that's the thing is. If you're always copying from someone else, then you're always going to be 10 steps behind everyone else. So true. Anyway, very true. Well, that's all the questions that I have. I appreciate your time and I'm glad that you agreed to do this. Thank you, Shelby. Thanks for thinking of me. All right, so I hope you guys enjoyed getting to know Sandra a little bit more. If you'd like to find her on social media, it is just Lash411, or you can check out her website at lash411.info. If you'd like to reach me, just check out the show notes. You will see my email, and of course, you can find me on social media under Lash Boss Radio or Pink Lady Lash. And I will see you guys back with episode 12 very soon. <laughs>